From Atlanta, Fulton County. Separate from objective. December 7th, 19. A question or something. Since that first sighting in July, more than a quarter of a million people have flocked to see Balance Spittles moving Madonna. Since the first reported sightings of moving statues in SD and the Balance Spittle, Believers say that after 10 o'clock in the evening, the statue is seen to move in a human way from the waist up. That noise. I don't know. I heard Dark Vader. That sounded to me like it was coming from you. <laughs> it was coming from you. You just started and there's ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Okay. Hello. Hello. Good to be back again. again. Yeah. <laughs> I know we've said this before. Like, you know, we say, I'm so sorry. It's going to be bi-monthly. Um, and then we we did not bi-monthly it. Um, oh, yeah, and, then, and then December happened. And then Christmas happened. And then here we are. You know, like we could make all the excuses in the world. But I think the crux of the issue is we have the best of intentions. Um, but we are terrible promise keepers. I mean, we're just we're just going to flow and like just see like how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a weird and unpredictable time. I think, you know, this podcast is just going to be a, a weird and unpredictable thing, you know? <laughs> this podcast is like a, a time capsule of the lockdowns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have, we have supernatural things involved here as well. So sometimes it's things entirely out of our reach, okay? I'm yeah. sorry. Like, spider banshees got in the way. We've got ghosts in our houses. Like, yeah. Yeah, if anything goes wrong, we'll blame the supernatural. This is 2020 new... Or this is not 2020. This is 21. New Year's resolution is to get the podcast under control. There we go. Woo! We can do this. Um, we can. No, but we will try, like, honestly. Yeah, like, we've got fresh energy. We've got a new year. We've got a bit more time again. Way lockdown 2.0. You know? Yeah. <laughs> For any of our international listeners, Ireland is back in our level five which is like our top tier most extreme lockdown um again. again uh highest covid rates in the world county monaghan is the new wuhan apparently oh that's lovely that's i love uh, that, I love that for ireland but no it's because yeah we, we literally opened everything up for december so everybody could do their christmas shopping and then they did do their christmas shopping and they're passing on of covid and then we closed everything again um for the new year and here we are but you know what we're just gonna walk into 21 and we're gonna sit down not touch anything not open our mouths not utter and not speak unless spoken to raise our hand all that 
you know, it's just, we're just being gentle with this one. Yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna be gentle. We're gonna, we're gonna try keep to our good intentions and to the, the new energy of the new year. And just gonna try this again. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Please, yeah, we're tr- that's, that's all you can say. We're trying, you know, we really are. Like we do actually like recording these and we love engaging with all of our listeners. We are, we are trying. We're just <laughs> bad at that. <laughs> people I, I don't know failures yeah no it's okay do you know it's no, okay it's okay but we do we do want to thank everybody who's actually been listening to us and like you know nobody stopped listening to us there's episodes that are still being listening listening to yep. um, yeah yeah uh, people are still listening so thank you so much to whoever you are we do really appreciate it so thank you for being patient with us and for actually sticking around and to listening to stuff you know, since we were last here, which was in October, for for our Samhain episode. Time, time is non-existent right now, you know. Honestly, I mean, it generally isn't real. Yeah. But then we're in a lockdown, it's particularly not real. Yeah. Makes sense, but you know what I mean? Um, I don't believe that it's a real thing anyway. We've constructed it all anyway. So, time? you know, yes, the way we process time, it's all not real, you know. It's all not linear. It's all non-linear, is what I mean. There we go. We're also technically you could also look at it like we were in hibernation for the winter. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. You know, and seasonal. Yes, quite so. We were like, here you go, setting you off with a bang for Halloween and Samhain. Enjoy that. We're gonna go sleep for two months. (laughs) That's basically quite yeah. We're we're seasonal creatures, by the looks of it. Yep. That's what can I say? That's how it is. And we're gonna just try again now. So here yeah. we are. Here we are. Here <laughs> are you listening to us. It's great to have you here. Genuinely, it really is. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the episode. Um it's it's a good one. It's it's an interesting one, it's a nice, it's a gentle one. Um more yeah. on the lighter lighter yeah, side like of things. Sowen episode, which is a heavy one, you know. Yeah, so we decided, you know what, let's let's go into a, a nice kind of subject matter well nice i suppose in regards to it's not demons but um we are looking at moving statues and the folklore that surrounds these things yeah particularly i mean yeah, moving and um crying statues yep yeah which um is quite a popular phenomenon in like religious i was gonna say the religious area the religious community um because crying crying kind of statues tends to and moving statues tends to come from something like that that has mm-hmm. come from something of kind of a religious significance commonly yep. so or like if you do a google the first stuff that comes up will be what we're kind of talking about it's very common the most common thing which we'll be mostly talking about is uh, statues of mary as in you know jesus's mother as in mary magdalene you know? No, uh, Mary Magdalene's a different person. Oh my god. Mary Magdalene. She is a different woman. Is a different woman. This is the Blessed Virgin. This is the Blessed Virgin, Mary. Disgust. Yes. Jenny, you absolute crater in the gutter. <laughs> my god. Yeah, um, I'm a heathen, I'm sorry. That's what's wrong with you. I'm a um, heathen. Yeah, but yeah, it's mostly that. Um, very commonly so. Or it's always something that was like of spiritual and religious significance. Um, even all over the world, it's always kind of religious figures and statues. 
Why is that? What's your relationship to statues, Jenny? Do you like yourself a good statue? <laughs> do I like myself a good statue? I do like myself a good statue, Sarah. Yep. But in a museum. So if you're walking down the road and there's one in the park, you're not there for it? I have a different feeling about those, yeah. Like, I... You know I love me my... We have um, an Oscar Wilde statue in Dublin, which we love. We love Oscar. Um, I don't know who else. Who, there'll be some that I feel comfortable with and some that make me uncomfortable. James Joyce? Ah, yeah, no, I like him. I've put my leg up on him, so... Molly Malone? She's okay, but, I mean, I've passed her. I just pass her, yeah. She's okay. Big, uh, big Daniel O'Connell on top of the... Angels? Standing there with the seagulls on his head, usually, on O'Connell yeah. Bridge Street. I like that, the biggest one, or, like, the big meet-up one in Dublin, isn't it? Uh, because the angels are really beautiful, and I quite enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I, the thing I was saying to Sarah, but... Like, why, yeah, why is, like, moving statues so creepy in our, like, subconscious? Or, like, there's, there's, again, the most famous one, um, when you think of, like, moving statues or something like that, everybody thinks of, like, Doctor Who with the, like, what is it, Weeping mm-hmm. Angels? Yeah. Um, that kind of idea, like, I guess, something that, maybe it's the same kind of uncanny valley effect for our minds, where it's, like, something that is presenting as human, but it, like, isn't, and your brain instantly is, like, I, I don't like that. Very much so, I would say. Um, I don't think we have any statues in our house. But to be honest, like when I've been designing my future house, I've never been drawn to the idea of having like the bust of a head or something in my house. That is something I've actually wanted. I really like busts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but do you even word. know this? I love that word. What a juicy word. Bust. You know, like, but I... You. But <laughs> no, Sarah. I don't want to bust you. I want a bust. I want a bust of my favorite authors in my library, for example. That's something I've always ever wanted. I have right now. Well, I've always wanted of John Keats, and they are non-existent, which hurts my heart. But um, and like Byron, you know what I mean? And have them like on opposite sides, and kind of like you'd be like, boys, boys, don't argue. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. But right now I only have, I have this like miniature Dante statue on my bookshelf. Um, I just, I like busts. So I would like that, like in my, you know, in my Beauty and the Beast kind of like library in my future home uh, of my favorite authors and artists. That would be kind of nice. Or like I do, again, as I said, like in museums, I think they're beautiful. Like marble statues of like angels and goddesses. I've always loved those. Um, They've never really freaked me out. But... I don't know. Maybe just because like, I get mm, like if you're, you know, like, would you ever be afraid of it moving on you? Depends, yeah, what it is of. Because I'm afraid of things like, you know, like remember bog bodies, the bog bodies we have in the museums. I'm scared oh, yeah. of those. They look like they're still alive and they will move on me. Or like I have such an active imagination that when I see things like that, like if I were to see like a mummy or a body, um. Yeah, like mummy, I would be really scared that they were gonna move. I'm like, that's gonna that's gonna move and touch me any minute now, you know. <laughs> but I think you're definitely right about what you say about the uncanniness of statues and um, the fact that they are similar to human, and yet they're not emotional. Um, 
they're not soft they're hard I suppose they're kind of like they're everything that a human is not in a way in terms of like texture yeah you know there's no warmth in them yeah Yeah. cold and hard not pumping blood or breathing uh staring out in one direction and completely frozen yeah I know when I was um younger and we used to go to mass uh we used to sit in the side of the church that had a statue of Saint Anthony in front of us and the Saint Anthony statue had his arms out and he had a picture or he was holding a, a book I'm presuming it was the Bible with baby Jesus coming out of it and of uh, yeah of the book it was he's standing on the book more so um, but Jesus but, is coming out of the book yeah, so it's, like maybe I'm remembering it wrong maybe he's standing on the book but there's definitely a book of baby Jesus in his arms I'm pretty sure in the one arm Okay. But he, um, I used to stare at him and try and make him move. I would look him in the eye because I was so bored at mass. I freaking was never <laughs> listening to the priest. So I would, they don't I make it interesting there. Catholic if, mass, to be fair. No, but I'd be sitting there going, if you're real, move or blink. And I would stare at it for ages. And um, I thought several times I could see him swaying, mm-hmm. um, you know, like gently kind of rocking but uh maybe he was you don't know i would say that was more my eyes just you know staring at something for long enough because you know yourself if you stare at like like a book anything like i'm like there's a book in front of me here if i stared at that for long enough it will it'll start to waver a little bit yeah because just, your eyes just start playing tricks on you um was your it, eyes was, start to glaze like marble or stone or was it one of those scary like, kind of painted wood ones no it was I'm presuming it's a marble statue. It's painted. Um, it's very well painted. Um, I'd say if it fell on you, like you might die. Oh yeah, that's great. You know, it's quite tall. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's the kind of statue. Yeah, Catholic statues particularly. Um, because it's, uh, you know, the, isn't there that quote in Dairy Girls? They love their statues, the Catholics or something, when they're comparing it between Protestants and Catholics. They have that big wall mm. uh, or that chalkboard. Catholics love their statues. Um, they really think of something about it. Yeah, when you go into a church and there's a, a big, you know, seven foot statue of, you know, a saint or Jesus or, you know, Holy Mary in front of you, it's going to be imposing to a certain extent. Honestly, though, I read something interesting. It was a comment on YouTube, though, because you see all these, like, you know, a lot of these things um, are hoaxes, you know, whenever there's like a moving statue caught on camera or oh, something yeah. like this. <laughs> but some of them nonetheless are very creepy. I mean, you can find a few compilations on YouTube, you know, it's like top 10 creepy statues moving or something like that. Some of them are very kind of unnerving and creepy, whether it be like obviously editing and Photoshop or whatever. Sure. But someone I thought made a very interesting comment and they said, surely this is why Jesus said you don't worship false idols. Oh, you know, that it's like, well, things or the fact that we'll talk about these moving, crying um, statues and figures and they're crying and moving or doing something supernatural or so it seems like, is it because like that's one of the main rules? They said, do not worship false idols. And here you are putting up all these statues, you know, of all these people and kind of you're in essence, really, though, you'd like come and pray to this thing. Right. Instead of like, yeah to god or to mary or to jesus themselves you kind of you can't help but kind of pray to the thing in front of you that's like holy and in this like beautiful 
alcove or um mm. or shrine you know essentially when you're putting something on a shrine you're kind of worshiping the thing on the shrine that's very complicated but yeah i mean it's valid i mean it's well, kind of i i would suppose a lot of the you know to have statues and stuff at shrines it's like the for the representation you know of it's like a visualization of what you're supposed to be praying to you know like that's why art is so important in creating like a, a, a standard image of what we accept as Mary to look like or Jesus to look like. And, you know, when we start to divert from the norms, like she's not wearing blue. <laughs> oh, my God. Who is she? You know, like, you know what, though, like Jesus was black and we see him as this like white guy with abs and brown hair, you know. And the fact that Jesus. has so... a six, Yeah. Yeah, pretty six pack, and he was white. A d- in this desert, Middle Eastern man was white with a six pack. Okay. Yeah. You know? There's there's but, questions to be asked. But you know, yeah, even then, like I understand, we need something. Like people are just made like that. We need to see the thing, you know. <laughs> um, yes. So even that, like here's representation of the thing that we are talking about and worshiping. But like to some extent, then though you will still, yeah, you kind of end up then, like, seeing that as the only representation of the thing you're worshipping. Or you will, in essence, like, pray to and worship the thing, you know? Well, this makes sense. I mean, this this could lead you down a big wormhole of why there are maybe so many conflicts within the church of, within different churches of who's really right about what yeah. they're worshipping to, you know, and what is that representation. Yeah. We're going down a wormhole there. Yeah, I just think it's val- valid thoughts, valid, um, what do you say? nuggets for thought you know no you're right yeah um, yeah popcorn kernels no that's popcorn stepping up okay. <laughs> corn bits for your pickings there's, there's a there's an idiom we're missing out on here totally corn bits for the brain pickings here i you know what i mean you you know what i mean like we know um, you know the only other statues that i can think of are the um the people that dress the street performers oh. <laughs> Who dress and as statues and stand there for hours on end and you yeah, get the money. That's very valid because so many people have a fear of those people. Like they freak people out. You know? A huge people amount of people have freaked out. Like they can't look at them, they have to walk past them and like cross the road, you know? Like And again, that's playing into your imagination, you know, is it real? You know, you want to say it's not real, but you know one is real, but it's that kind of weird space of this is a real thing pretending to be fake. Yeah, I think it's all part of that like uncanny valley effect. I brought it up because it seems like it fits here because, um, well, I'm obsessed with clowns and that's how I would have read about like why people have chlorophobia because I think that this plays into um, if people are kind of unnerved by, you know, kind of not like, not well, maybe robots as well. Robots kind of freak me out. But you know, the kind of, what do you call them, like, not cyborgs or like automatons, you know, the really realistic robots and stuff like that that they're uh-huh, making yeah. with like AIs and things yes. like that. Like that freaks people out. Again, like because it's this phenomenon of the uncanny valley where it's like, it's so human looking, but it's not. And I don't like that. And my brain feels unsettled. Maybe that's why people were kind of uncomfortable watching The Lion King, you know, when they redid it. Um, have you seen it? As in, like the Broadway, like on stage? No, no, no. The um, the the, the, the live action, oh, the live action. Terrible. 
there was it was like so real until you saw their eyes and then and they were dead inside and like and, and like drop oh no yeah and i was uncomfortable at that like, you know i i couldn't fully commit to it um but yes yeah. but back to living statues as these street performers are called we yeah. were kind of like wondering what's the dilemma um or like is it a big issue for a statue to get in and out of town like do they sit on the bus in their statue gear with their face painted do they go into mcdonald's and change out of their clothes like in the toilets yeah like and also we brought it was like has anyone ever seen living statues get into position like are they already done up they get into position like i've never seen one get into their position and work or get out of and leave yes no i've never seen that either and for anyone that is a living statue is there a how do you do it how do you stand there for hours like yeah is there like unspoken laws like i don't is it you know what i mean like the secret rules of street performers yeah yeah and do you know what I still don't understand? You know those floating people? I know, that, I don't know how to do that's it. That's very impressive to me. There's a guy at Piccadilly Circus in London who's this Yoda and he floats on a stick. And every time me and my sister go, <laughs> we try and look for the floating Yoda. I'm just very impressed every time. He just sits there with his legs folded, all holding onto his one stick. I How do they do it? I mean, like, if I have to stand for anything, like if it's in work... Or if I'm at a ceremony and I have to stand or something. For hours, it is awful. Yeah, for five minutes, I'm fidgeting, you know? Like, I couldn't... Absolutely. I get pains in my back, my feet, you know, <laughs> I get bored, I have to entertain myself. Like, what do you be thinking about when you're standing there for that long? Are you are you making up stories in your head? Are you people watching? Are you... Are you in zen? Are you thinking of your, like, what dinner recipe? Like, what you're going to make later? Like, I, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious. I couldn't do it. Um, my hat's off to those people oh, <laughs> for being so still for so long. Yeah, yeah, honestly. But yeah, no, that was just our human statue dilemma that we are just very curious about. You know, it's very. I want to know. Yeah, no, it's it's a curious thing. I would love to. That'd be somebody that I would love to uh, have sit down and have a chat with at my dinner I, table. People that absolutely. work as living statues. Yeah, sounds great. Honestly. But with that tr- little little transition and chat, will we try and head into what we're actually trying to talk about for this weird little episode? Mm-hmm. So there's you know? certain criteria that a statue has to um, experience in order to be considered a supernatural phenomena. So, Jenny, do you have examples of what these are? I do have examples of what these could be. Um so usually these statues again very very commonly so like 98 percent of these things are of religious significance or they're religious statues um so a lot of these you would have to be a lot of them are weeping tears and it is tears of human blood sometimes is it actually human blood sometimes like do they do they test it oh yeah what but we'll get but as in like it is human blood but like it is human blood it's actually so some wow okay yes. like you'd have to go extract i mean that yeah okay but basically these statues end up these phenomenons have i don't know how to say it, my, my brain isn't working the common phenomena that does happen is they will weep human blood or oil or uh scented liquids 
Um, sometimes they um, are accompanied with like miraculous healings. People say they've been healed and able to walk again or able to see again, things like that. Or by being in possession of these um, statues or figures, their life was kind of, you know, uh, enriched and they had like good luck and good fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's just the formation of figures in their tears and commonly that accompanies religious things or um saintly things is a scent of roses yes commonly that's known as like a thing like some saints have said to have died you know and they smelled like the scent of roses so yeah and like it's um like when we were talking about our um the episode on possession and exorcism like interestingly enough the church is like very very skeptical of which kind of statues and figures they recognize or approve of. They've been very, very few that they've actually been recognized by the Catholic Church. And um, those few have actually been in Syracuse, Sicily. There was a 1949 case of shedding of tears from a statue. uh, And it was recognized by Catholic bishops in Sicily on August 29th, 1953. And I was like officially recognized by the church. Um, And then I will talk in a bit more detail later about Our Lady of Akita in Japan, uh, which is a statue of like a Mary figure. Um, And it was declared as worthy of belief by the Holy Office in 1988 and remains the only weeping statue recognized by the Holy Office. And it is significant because it was like televised live as well. Wow. Yeah. Is she still weeping? She's still weeping apparently from time to time. She's she's been she's one that kind of has um apparitions and other things related to her as well as crying. Yeah, she's probably the most famous um wow. Mary statue. I did not know that. That's really yeah. interesting. So yeah, and the fact that only three was it two? Like officially two kind of official Mary statues are recognized by the church. <laughs> wow. You know? How many others, you know? Yeah. Oh, like hundreds, if not thousands, you know. Um, I have a list of like very publicized claims, but loads of these are completely, they were named as hoaxes or just the church just doesn't recognize them, you know? So a lot of them gain like a lot of, um, you know, as we will see with what Sarah will be talking about of what happened in Ireland, um, they become these like kind of really big public phenomenons and like almost like a frenzy attached to them of people gathering and trying to figure out what's going on with this thing mm-hmm. which sounds mad nowadays right like you couldn't imagine us flocking to see whether a mary statue was crying well i'll be honest on that if i found out there was a mary statue crying near me i would go i would not- go as well out of- no, we've just we won't it. not out of religious faith no but i think that's the thing is you know if a statue is crying whether you know i think that's the thing is most people that go to it some yes okay are religious but some are just like skeptics and want to disprove it like you going to see the floating yoda trying to be where's the stick let me catch on to his act and some people are just going because that's what everybody else is doing it's trending like yeah it is true it was hashtag trending back in the 80s in ireland you know (laughs) i know know. my my words are so like infiltrated with stupid modern technology phrases that i can't think of proper english terms for it modern jargon you know shite of gen z's that's okay it's fine (laughs) (laughs) anyway back to the back to um your uh, statues 
Yes, it is. It is very commonly that it is the Virgin Mary that is the statue, and it is quite common to be accompanied by uh, what they call them is Marian apparitions, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, when you see the Virgin Mary, it's like an apparition, as in a ghost, literally, um, right. you know, a figure, and um, yeah, there is only the the Lady, Our Lady of Akita, the Japanese Mary statue, is the only one to date. And the only single example of a combined weeping statue and apparition. So if you want, I can tell you the story of Our Lady of Akita. Yeah, please do. Because I'm interested in the fact that it is in Japan. You know, like it's not a country that's traditionally Catholic. Yes. Um, So Our Lady of Akita. Akita is... um, Where where am I? There we go. So I'm going to butcher some of these names, aren't I? Like a real white person. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so it's a in a remote area of Yuza Yuzawadai, an outskirt of Akita, Japan. Uh, so that's why she's Our Lady of Akita. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is um, a Catholic title of a Blessed Virgin Mary, and it is a wooden statue, kind of worshipped by faithful Japanese Catholics because they think it is miraculous and held to, su- to such high esteem because. These Marian apparitions appeared in 1973 and they are reported throughout 1973 by a sister. So a sister Agnes Katsuko Sazagawa in the remote area of Akita. So um, she heard messages from the Mary statue emphasizing um, particularly that she needs to recite the Holy Rosemary and kind of telling her that um, she needs to perform like penance as well as getting cryptic visions, prophesying um, persecution and heresy within the Catholic Church. That's interesting because I don't know if you know of the Children of Fatima. No. There was, it was, I think it was 1917, um, Fatima in Portugal, three shepherd children saw the Virgin Mary and um, the Virgin Mary gave them three prophecies wow. that were to come true. And it was it kind of like when I read them, I was kind of a bit creeped out a little bit. Like even if you're not religious, you know, they're kind of like it's like fortune telling though. You're yeah, just like, oh, that's eerie. Yeah, it is kind of eerie. So one of them I think was about the world wars. One of them was about um, that Russia would spread across the world or something like that. I don't know. She apparently doesn't like Russia, Jenny. <laughs> and um, the other one. So this only happened in 1917. So the main girl in it, I think two of the children died quite young. I think that was part of the deal of communicating mm-hmm. with Mary. Um, well, two of them would some be. Some kind of demon or gr- grim reaper, honestly, rather than like, you know. That's, that's why there's kind of that sinister element of it. Like wow. but Lu- Lucia, I'm pretty sure is her name. Lucia survived until maybe the 70s or the 80s until, until she died around then. And um, her prophecy was given to the Pope. And I think it was only in the 2000s that the prophecy was revealed. Oh, wow. And I actually am unfamiliar with the prophecy. So there's a cliffhanger for you to go research on. But um, that's a, there's, there's a, there's, it's quite, it's interesting how, you know, that this is also an apparition of Mary that's appeared in Japan and is saying the same kind of things. Yeah. And this apparently it was giving her, yeah, like, I think it's interesting that she was telling her, beware there will be persecution and heresy in the catholic church i think that's really interesting that's quite Um, exciting like 
is that a warning to say, you know, there's going to be bad people in the church, but don't lose your faith? Or is that the church is right and everyone is going to turn against it and become less religious? Like, no, I mean, you is being warned about like heresy and persecution. So I, especially the word heresy is used. I would, um, like, I would assume, yeah, like there's going to be bad people in the church. There's going to be like, shit's going to go down within the church. Like, be ready. <laughs> Interesting. Know? Okay. Yeah. So, so, and the fact that this was like a sister, I know this means she would have been particularly more religious and faithful than a usual religious person as well, but mm. alas. But yeah, so that year in 1973, um, Sister Agnes then reported these apparitions as well as stigmata oh. on the wooden statue. And a wooden statue of the Virgin Mary, um, which was said to have wept on 101 occasions. Wow, that's a so fair bit. Noted, yeah, 101 times that it had cried, supposedly. And stigmata, if anybody doesn't know, is the the appearance of, like, pierced holes in your hand, the way, you know, how Christ. to say, like, oh, mirroring how Christ was hung on yeah, the cross. Hands and feet and for, yeah. You know, and that's something that, um, whether it be true or not, it is also a common kind of, I don't know, things like people report, like, saints have had stigmata or, you know, if somebody sees an apparition or they think they're particularly like a very faithful religious person they will say that stigmata have appeared on their palms things like that i don't know about you but i find that all really scary like genuinely i i the same way i feel about apparent stigmata appearing and apparitions of mary appearing and all of those things i have the same fear as like demons and stuff and i know do you know what i mean i, I don't know what it I is what you mean but it's like but it's just viewed differently because things with religion are supposed to be, like, good. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, you see a vision of, like, maybe it's because it's so beat into us because it's, like, culture or whatever. But, you know, like, you think of a vision and the first kind of way you're taught this is, like, oh, well, Mary saw a vision of Gabriel and it told her she's going to have Jesus. You know? So you think yeah. seeing things, I mean, historically, if, yeah, if I saw things, I mean, Joan of Arc, if you heard voices or saw things... It is a sign that you have a connection to God. You know, it's seen as, as a good thing. When realistically, if I said I was hearing Lucifer speaking in my ear and I saw Lucifer and the demons, like, you know, <laughs> it's a yeah. same thing. It's just a different figure. And yeah. because it's kind of, yeah, it's religious. So it's, well, you know, religious or godly. We think we're, we're, we're taught to see as like a positive or like it's non-threatening. Mm-hmm. But if it was anything else, it would be considered terrifying. But it's interesting how still with religious um, apparitions and all that phenomena, there's still a huge amount of death, be that it so. like in the prophecies themselves or like with the children of Fatima, two of them had to die as children. But there is a lot of this or there is, um, but you know, like things like that, it's kind of known, isn't it? Like if someone was very religious or something, sometimes, well, like Joan of Arc, these kinds of figures, a lot of like young women have these visions and then they die really young yes you know it's just like a thing they're like really young when they die or get really sick and die and then they become these like kind of well like saintly bodies that you know yeah i don't know it's very weird yeah it's it's a it's it's i'm not fully comfortable with the idea but anyway go on go on but yeah going back to stigmata though it is scary like imagine you woke up and you had holes in your hands like that's not Padre Pio, you know, St. Padre Pio, 
he was one of the saints of the last century who used to get stigmata in his hands. Yes. And apparently he used to get beaten up by the devil. That he was living in a monastery with monks and they would hear him like, you know, being in a scuffle and the next day he'd come out injured. And he, that was the devil. I don't know. This 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 shit scares me. Hmm. That kind of gives me, um. you remember in our exorcism episode, we talked about Malachi Martin. How yeah. he said he kind of had to deal with the devil or demons or how he thinks. Well, well before he died, he had that fall. When he, and he said he felt someone push him off a stool yeah. standing on. That gives me that kind of vibes. Ooh. Real dark stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But going back to our sister of Akita, shall we? Or our Mary of Akita. So, yeah. Um, and this is 1973. To be fair, this is quite, like recent when it comes yeah. to like anything modern religious like this right mm-hmm. um so yeah the fact that there was 101 um occasions that she the statue was said to have cried as well as people seeing these uh stigmata on the hands as well as seeing visions of mary um there were other nuns who saw this and they also reported stigmata as well as on the hands of sister agnes who first reported this so apparently she had stigmata as well after seeing this Mary kind of apparitions and stuff. And the stigmata on the statue supposedly appeared before the tears started and disappeared after the tears. Okay. Supposedly. So it was like a pre-warning of like, mm-hmm. hey, it's gonna happen. So this sister Agnes reported three messages from the Blessed Virgin Mary during 1973, but the statue itself is reported to have continued weeping thereafter. So apparently it's still weeping. Wow. Um, I don't have, like, you know, number or, like, how many times a year or something. Um, But, yeah, apparently she's been weeping since 1973. Sister Agnes reported that she first heard the statue calling her, and then the first message began. So she said the palm of the statue's right hand oozed a liquid from two short intersecting lines, and it was described as a blackish mark by one nun. And she said one would have said that it had been traced with a fine point of pencil. So I don't know, maybe maybe it was. Maybe it was a hoax. And then um, one would have said that they were traced by a pen with black ink, said to second nun. Um, and then on these lines, there stood out two darker points. It resembled very much ink that had spread under the effect of heat. Oh. And she continues saying, I said to myself that the novice mistress must have spoken of these points when she saw blood flow through a hole as large as that of a needle on the hands of the statue. Yeah. So apparently it was seen that also these like stigmata appeared, then lines appeared, and then some of the nuns actually saw blood oozing from these holes. And then a third nun who had been the sacristan described that she saw in the middle of the palm of the right hand that a wound in the form of a cross had been cut with something like the tip of a blade. So I don't know whether they mean like it looked like it was man-made or not. Yeah. You know, this became, like, a very, very big thing, and it's a very, as I mentioned at the very start of the episode, um, I mean, so many people saw things here, I guess. Yeah. Um, And it became very significant because the TV Tokyo Channel 12 um, videotaped the weeping statue in December of 1973, and the blood type of the statue and its sweat and tear type were found to be types B and AB, respectively. Oh my god, they took so, its DNA, or like it's... A statue's DNA, and this is why this 
statue is um, one of two, like, confirmed by the church because apparently it literally has its own blood type and it was actual blood that came from it. And it was, it's significant because a literal TV channel, like, recorded it and they live streamed it across Japan. Was was there any research done into the blood type of the nuns that were there? I didn't say. But I mean, that was common blood type in in Japan. That's, I'm going to do a quick bit of research. Um, because that might be relevant. Um, they've done this like the, the a lot of other um, a lot of other uh, statues have been confirmed as hoaxes because they've done that. Like as I said, the church actually tries to go into it and they research and then they will confirm the blood type as being part of you know someone else, um, and therefore it is a hoax. <laughs> wow. Like, um, in 2008, which is quite recent, um, in 2008, a church custodian, Vincenzo di Costanzo, went on trial in northern Italy for faking blood on a statue of the Virgin Mary with his own blood. Wow, okay, so there has so, been research done been into it. numerous cases that have been like this. It happened in 1995 as well. Um, a Madonna statue appeared to weep blood in the town of um, Civita Vecchia in Italy. And about 60 witnesses testified to witnessing the phenomenon. And then a local bishop said that he himself had seen it weep. The blood on the statue was later found to be male. And then the statue's owner, who ended up being a man called Fabio Gregori, refused to take a DNA test. And then after this case, um, there there was like dozens of reputable, miraculous statues reported. Um, and almost all of them were confirmed to be hoaxes, where blood, red paint, or water was splashed on the faces of the statues. And a court, well, this famous statue then, the Madonna in 1995, I mean, it turned out that the owner of the statue himself had put the blood there. Um, well, yeah. here is a little bit on the on Jap- Japanese blood types. The most common blood type in Japan is O, and B positive. And that statue had what? A B positive? It was um what was it? A B B and A B. <laughs> B and A B. B and A B. Are they two different? Not not A B, no. Just B and A B. Well, the blood type is B and it's sweat and tear type or A B is what it says. As you know, is there a different thing for it? The blood type. Yeah, there's like A and then B and then AB. So let me see. AB positive is 9% of the population, nearly 10. Yeah. And its blood type is B, supposedly. Of Our Lady Akita. So that is actually very interesting. That is not even the most popular blood type in Japan. That is kind of, yeah. That's interesting. You'd have to seek out, like, it'd have to be literally what, like, I don't know what the maths would be, like one in like what thousands of people to like come and like extract their own blood to put it on the statue. That's insane. You know, like, so there you go. That's Lady of Akita. And I've never heard of her before because, again, she's from Japan. And it is interesting because it's not a country you link very uh, naturally to Catholicism. No. That's fascinating. Um. Yeah, so what happens then? As okay, so you went you mentioned there about your man 
in Sicily being debunked, what other type, what other things could all this kind of phenomena be? Yeah, well, it could be a good few things, but um, which is interesting. And then I mean, it gets kind of sad when we maybe when people don't like when people try and debunk things, but we like to. I mean, I think it's interesting that these things, these in of itself, is pretty mad and interesting. I think anyway, <laughs> you know, because for these things to happen, like. For example, it could be like, you know, uh, a density issue and temperature issue. It could be leaks and plumbing or bacteria. And for these kind of natural things to happen at the same time as, say, like an icon or statue standing at that exact time, at that exact temperature, yeah. you know, in that exact venue. Like, it's just funny that these things have to kind of line up. But, yeah. you know, they'll happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, it could be, as I said, it could literally be leaks and plumbing. Um that it's a very simple natural explanation but you could have leaky pipes um and there is an example that um there is a crucifix at our lady of valencani which means good health church in mumbai it's there dripping water from its feet and many people thought it was a miracle right. until um an author i assume who was at the church noticed that capillary action uh which is the ability of liquids to move in narrow places from a clogged drain was the source of the supposed miraculous dripping water um and then incidentally the catholic church in mumbai chased him for this and he's currently in exile in finland whoa i wasn't expecting <laughs> that ending wow feeling, um, that a supposed miraculous uh, holy statue was actually not even a hoax it was just like it was natural like natural. completely yeah environmental can you imagine so yeah, it could literally be, I don't know, just as so happens to be, there's pipes somehow nearby or under or behind yeah. or whatever. Um, it could be, which is interesting, but um, absorbed in the material and leaking. So there's um, a way that it's secretly used in kind of religious festivals or parades or displays like to great effect because it's very effective. Um, so, for example, people inject a liquid into the statue if the statue is made of plaster. And then plaster is a porous absorbent material, so it holds the liquid. Um, and then it helps that the statues are sometimes kind of like coated in a glaze or something, so it doesn't let the liquid get through. So then you scratch it or pierce it, and it will look like the statue's crying. That's a very complex plant thing yeah that, that's definitely something that people are like okay let's do this do you let's know so you have to know yeah that it's made of plaster that it has a coating have whatever i don't know if you literally inject it with a syringe whatever as well at a particular little spot so it makes like a little bubble you know kind of how you'd have like yeah. fake bubble fake blood on stage you have a little pocket yeah. and you can pop it basically kind of like that <laughs> and that's used i mean if you know about it you can use that to great effect yeah and like as i said with like displays or parades or kind of religious ceremonies or something can you imagine um especially doing that in front of a really like faithful religious group of people particularly uh-huh um so yeah that's been proven as a thing that people do um some people can mix um fat and oil so um you know because that's affected by temperature like think about it that um like coconut oil for example is a solid but it melts at 25 degrees. Okay, yeah. So if it's cooler, it will actually be a solid. But then you high up the temperature, say, like, take it outside in hot weather, and mm -hmm. it will leak. So you can mix oil with fat 
and put it at the eyes of the statue and then the it'll start to melt and it looks like the statue's kind of crying tears again this is something that you know it's it's like, people doing it like yeah I know. but like to think of that you know <laughs> like it's, it's creative you know i'll give people yeah. points can you imagine so it can also be a difference of density which sounds very um scientific but um one of the most common explanations for these weeping statues is this it's simple condensation <laughs> you know okay, yeah um, it's very common that some statues are just made of different materials and they have different densities and then water vapor in whatever the environment is um will condense on cooler surfaces which is the case you know of these statues it's around the eyes and you can imagine they're in like damp cold churches and things like yeah. that um and it's the same thing that happens like with say concrete blocks of different density densities when they get like mysteriously wet and it's literally a phenomenon called sweating slab syndrome that's disgusting <laughs> um but yeah and this is why uh, a lot of kind of statues in glass cases especially in like air conditioned places get a little kind of misty or sweaty because the temperature there is going to be different from the air conditioned so they're know, not like hot and contained spaces and they're not breathing and then they'll condense and people are like, oh my God, it's a miracle. Wow, interesting. Okay. Um, or it could be bacteria. Good old bacteria. Good old bacteria. Um, yeah. So um, this is all taken from a website called Flip Science. And they kind of write that, for example, in the 19th century in Italy, a lot of Italian peasants would sometimes find blood where it wasn't supposed to be. Which sounds okay. like an intense sentence by itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they would find, for example, blood on things like statues or on communion wafers, which, you know, are kind of off significance. Yes. Um, and then in 1819, an outbreak of cursed kind of blood-riddled polenta, which is kind of like a... It's kind of like quinoa, but Italian. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like a green... Um, so there was an outbreak of bloody polenta mm -hmm. and there, a pharmacist seeing this kind of madness and hysteria um, called Bartolomeu Bizio took a closer look and investigated it and he found that it was not just a creepy miracle or something but bacteria. Right. And since then that bacteria has been found to be, oh, if you can pronounce these scientific names, um, Seratia mm, I don't know Mar... Mar <laughs> Sense. Oh my God, Marcus Sense. I don't know. I'm sorry uh, to all my biologists. <laughs> sorry, bacteria. So sorry. <laughs> uh, but yes, that is what it is found to have been now, and it's obviously better understood in research now. Um, but yeah, it's been used as a marker in bioweapon dispersal because of its red color, for example. Wow. Um, and they found that this bacteria is then potentially serious. It's a serious um, pathogen. So it's one of the top 10 causes of hospital-acquired respiratory, neonatal, and surgical infections. And it can also cause ocular keratitis as it thrives in poorly cleaned contact lenses. So oh my God. don't. I feel so you know. sorry for people, you know, like that would have gone to these statues and put that holy blood, what they perceive to be holy blood on their face, in their eyes, in their mouth. And it's you know what I mean? That's freaking a deadly pathogen. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, um there you go. Um those are probably the most um 
normal. The most realistic and common reasons why things like this happen on religious iconography and statues and figurines and paintings and stuff. Wow. You know, also, yeah, considering that a lot of these things, yes, are found in, like, just cold, damp, kind of really old buildings, you know, as churches and cathedrals and museums will be. Yeah. So moving closer to home, then, um, as Jenny said earlier, like, if you look up anything about moving statues, it's going to bring you to Ireland. Your first Google search is going to say, hold on, like... You gotta look. You gotta look at this country and what this country had going on. And it's not even that the Balnaspital statue did anything as cool as weeping blood that has actual physical uh, blood type. It it just became this big media sensation on the island, and everybody was like, "Holy shit! I want to go see this statue that's moving." So in the year nineteen eighty five. This is when it happened. Ireland was in the middle of an economic recession. There was high unemployment. There was mass emigration. It was a really like it was a really dismal time to be around. And um, I guess the whole statue phenomena of the summer of 1985 kind of lifted people up a little bit and distracted people from like, you know, the gravity of the, the crisis around them. And if any of our listeners were around during the 80s like the 80s aren't that long ago so if they if you are you know um or if you were a kid there or if you were an adult during the 80s in ireland you know if you remember and if you went to see the balance spittle statue or you remember thinking that's a load of shite or actually i would <laughs> or that's not please like give us a text we'd love to we'd love to have a chat with you honestly on any of the social medias or just send us an email of what you thought of them or if you saw them or went to see them or anything like That'd be really interesting to listen to. Because I think, yeah, a large part of these kinds of things is, I mean, Ireland is so, it is such a Catholic nation. And that's, like, so deeply ingrained here. So you you know that a lot of people, you know, in the last few decades especially would have still been quite religious. Mm-hmm. So I think when, with things like this, and you find out you've, like, partly out of entertainment, partly out of belief and faith, like, you know, you would... It's like a nice little thing, especially imagine if it happened in your town, you think like, oh, we've been like blessed or, you know, it's a bit of luck coming through for us or something like that, you know, especially if you yeah. have faith in this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's something so different, you know, like it's it's just totally breaking away from all the norms. So you're you're going. it's going to take your interest. But the first reports of statues moving in Ireland that kind of spawned this whole um, craze that went on. <laughs> happened in Asti in County Kerry on February 14th when several children claimed to have seen a statue of the Madonna and Child at the parish church of St. Mary open its eyes and move its hands. And I watched a video on the RTE archives and these children are like seven, you know, they're like really young and they're here, you know, just, it's so interesting to see how children are believed, you know, now, you know, there's that question of, you know, how much of a child's account can you take as... Well, like, if it wasn't something religious, would they have taken it so seriously as well? You know what I mean? Yes. And because, of course, you know, there's a history of apparitions and statues moving for children. So, yeah, you know, it opens all of these interesting conversations. But anyway, in July, two teenage girls reported seeing movement in a statue of the Virgin Mary at Balnaspital in a grotto some 20 feet up on the side of a hill. 
This is a Marion Year Shrine, a standard five foot eight inch Lourdes model cast in concrete, and the statue was illuminated by a halo of 11 electric lights. So this gained huge media traction and thousands of pilgrims flocked to see the statue. And these people were coming from all walks of life. These people were lawyers and doctors, nurses. These people were families. These were politicians. This was so many people that on one occasion, a gang of hell's angels, motorcyclists, stood quietly at the shrine. And although they didn't believe that the statue moved, they blessed themselves before putting back on their helmets and driving off. That's everything. That's a bit mad. <laughs> Photos, like if you go onto Google Images or YouTube, like this stuff is very easy to find. There are thousands. It's like a festival. It's like thousands of people just standing like in front of this grotto, praying and singing and chatting. Like it, you know, if 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 for nothing else, it was a great social event. Absolutely, like a community coming together and like you know something really nice about it but yeah can you imagine this happening now us going to see a statue move hoping it moves like jenny Jenny, if there was a statue moving down the road if it meant i could get out of lockdown and bloody talk with people i would absolutely be there in the morning i mean absolutely but also not lockdown time as well like would i mean i would go see out of curiosity i want to see this thing everyone's talking about in that kind of sense i mean curiosity does a lot as well (laughs) i know so what was being reported was there was movements including changes of countenance, super um imposition of other sacred faces opening and closing of eyes movements of hands and rocking to and fro like the kind of stuff that you would expect to happen if you stare at something for a very long time but at the same time a lot of people that saw this kind of stuff absolutely swear it was divine intervention it was it was something miraculous and so the church as we've said was watching this carefully and was very skeptical about this they stated um that we don't mind people gathering together to pray but we want them to visit the that we want them to go into the church more so. Um, so they kind of were like, well, if you're so devoted to the shrine, kind of this false idol thing, if you're so devoted to the shrine, well, then you can be devoted to us in the in mass. And <laughs> um, because because of the fact that so many skeptics were going, because of the fact that people were going for more curiosity rather than religious faith, you know, um, mass hysteria is kind of what it was like cr- uh, criticized as. Bishop Michael Murphy of Cork warned that common sense would demand that we approach the claims made concerning the grotto in Balnaspital with prudence and caution. There's a phenomena that psychologists um, have have stated that when you stare at something for a prolonged uh, amount of time, that imagery, uh, mental imagery comes about to provide an illusion. And uh, psychologists from University um, College Cork um, established a phenomena did not register on film or emotion sensors. Other observers talked of optical illusions, auto-suggestion, or even mass hallucination. But to many people, the question of physical or visionary movement seemed irrelevant in the highly spiritual charged atmosphere of the grotto. So apparently there was even a cure at the grotto, a 37-year-old housewife. Um, She claimed to have been deaf from the age of 20, and after visiting the grotto, had her hearing restored. Wow. But again, there has been no confirmation of this, you know, like it's but yeah. what's said. So yeah. 
with the sudden, this is a tiny little village in the middle of off the Kinsale Road, like it's tiny little place in Cork. And there was thousands of visitors, thousands of journalists, you know, cameras set up everywhere. This was like a festival that they set up toilets, which oh I just think God. is so funny. There was two concrete toilets. One rum- woman wrote to the newspaper noting that bus companies seem to be making a killing, bringing the curious and faithful from right across Ireland while it was reported that one man got a telling off from a gathered crowd for opening his chip van directly opposite the shrine. Oh my God. Journalist noted it was unsuitable to the solemn nature of the occasion. Can you imagine? But people are standing around for hours. I drive my chipper van to the people as well to be like, look, you can look at Mary, but buy my chips and eat them while you look at Mary. I know. It's like the strangest of things. Everything. That's so Irish to me. Like, I can see that happening. If we were looking at anything else, this would happen. You'd have food trucks there. I know. It's brilliant. It's so funny. Um, But the the crowds continued to throng at the shrine for three months until Halloween. There was a sudden and brutal affront to the respect and devotion of the pilgrims. So wait till you hear this. Takes a sinister turn. Oh no, of course, Halloween coming around. Three men drove up in a car. Two of them strode swiftly to the shrine, jumped over the fence and hacked away at the statue with an axe and hammer, completely destroying the face and severely damaging the hand. The third man calmly took photographs. The spectators were watching this, but were too stunned and horrified to intervene. Someone said, you must be from Satan to do such a thing. The men laughed and said, well, you're worse to be adorning false gods. They then drove off in their car. And I thought, just when you said false gods earlier on, I thought that's really interesting how you said that, because this is what these people were saying. Local people linked the attack to a religious sect that had scattered leaflets at the grotto, stating that people should adore the head of Christ in their local churches. An angry local councillor, who was a founding member of the grotto committee, said, if we caught them, they wouldn't walk again. We would take law into our own hands. Oh my God, threatening to break legs over the massacre of a statue. I mean, this this, this was how serious it was. Jesus. the three men, they were th- the three men were identified and they were arrested. They were Robert Draper, Roy Murphy, and Anthony Fowler, and they were members of the Faith Christian Movement, a Pentecostal Christian Church of American Evangelist, Dr. Gene Scott of LA, California. This is the most bizarre, like minority religious thing that could have come out of Ireland. So they appeared before um, Portleash Circuit Court on Tuesday, March 4th, 1986, before Judge O'Higgins, and they were charged with causing malicious damage to a place of divine worship. However, the case was dismissed as the grounds of the Balnaspital Grotto are not considered a place of divine worship. Okay. So, like, I suppose... It would just be, like, damage of property or something like that, then? Yeah. Um, so Robert Draper, who was the guy who, weld- who wielded the axe and the hammer, emerged from the courtroom triumphantly, proclaiming that he was going to demolish other images in wayside shrines. He has yeah. since reported to have smashed two more statues, one in Ballyfermot and another in Clondalkin. And he appeared on the Late Late Show 
um, with when Gay Byrne was there, and he cited the fourth and fifth commandments of the Old Testament, and saying that they gave him the divine sanction to smash all religious religious statues in Ireland, regardless of the rights and views of other people. Wow. Owen Corey, a journalist at the time, stated that there isn't a statue safe in this country anymore. Wow. And I mean, that's kind of the whole incident of the Ballinaspittle thing of Jesus. it was this absolutely like over the top strange gathering of people that happened over the summer. The statues were smashed and then they kind of just faded away. Yeah. People just, you know, the 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 statue, like apparently people have, can still see her moving, but it kind of, the media didn't take an interest. And as the media moved out, so did the crowds. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can rate the statue on TripAdvisor. Oh, that's the most important part. So, yeah, you can visit the statue and you can give her uh, five stars. Um, they're is one review that's just average and the other reviews are four and five stars and somebody said it was grand you know that was kind of the the comment um so yeah i I mean i kind of i'd go see this statue i think that'll be one of our trips one of our banshee trips and we'll go see her and we'll give it a five star review on TripAdvisor. absolutely just for a bit of good luck do you know i think so yeah but that is bizarre i also like you I don't know like obviously these people were like extremely religious possibly like this I mean to be part of like a sect you'd have oh, to be yeah you're like, totally extremist. the fact that you were taking offense to something like this that you felt the need to go out and smash and then we're quoting the bible giving you sanction to do it absolutely yeah but the, the 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 church that they belonged to the leader of the church actually came out against them and we're kind of like no we, we, we condone this we doing this yeah yeah um so i don't know i just i just can't believe that people actually smashed the statue like the you know to me it makes sense as i said i think it makes sense because i don't know like people it makes sense to me that something like that imagine this mass hysteria you're claiming you're religious but then you are kind of you'd gather around this when these things kind of happen people leave like offerings and gifts and flowers and they stand there for hours praying at this thing like at this point you are like you're leaving offerings and flowers and you're praying to this thing that isn't actually to you know your god or whatever i can understand that i see that as very clearly then like you can't help but like i think a human way you can't help but worship the thing that you can see in front of you rather than the thing you're supposed to feel and like have in your heart or go to a house of worship to worship you know what i mean um, I suppose, but I also think it's like this was bringing so many people joy. Yeah, but also they didn't smash the thing. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like you got to be a real piece of shit to ruin everybody's fun. I mean, that's yeah. what they did, really, wasn't it? Yeah, like and that I was for so... Halloween and Samhain as well. Like, how dare he? I know, isn't it really weird how it just happened to be Halloween? Like, I thought that was this very strange coincidence. Yeah, yeah, um, unusually so, but. Um, Ireland, so obviously that's the, the big phenomena that happened was the summer of 1985. So please, if anyone was there or has seen the statue, please let us please know. tell us. But also I think something that should be um, mentioned in regards to statues and apparitions in Ireland is, of course, Knock. 
So Knock is a pilgrimage site over in County Mayo. Um, it's the one of the only shrites I think to in the world to be visited by two popes, Mother Teresa. Like it's got a reputation. Um, apparently back in eighteen seventy nine, um, an apparition of Our Lady and John the Baptist and I think an angel appeared to several people for several hours, wow. and um. And then it was, yeah, after that, it was, it, the, the accounts for, seemed to match up, the witness statements all seemed to match up. And, um, yeah, Knock became this pilgrimage site. Um, I've never been. I would be interested to go. To Another one we can add to the Banshee trip, because I haven't yeah. ever been. I just kind of want to see what it's like, you know, the fact that this is an interesting place. Yeah. But in 2009, there was kind of another one of those mass hysteria moments where people saw the sun dancing in the sky. So I'm going to read you an article here from the Mayo News written by Michael Cummins and um, see what you think of it. For many, in the thousands of people who gathered at Knock Shrine on Sunday, the moment they'd been waiting for took place at 3.17pm. Prior to this, many had focused their attention on the Shrine Chapel where Dublin Fate healer Joe Coleman was deep in prayer. He had predicted last week that something of major spiritual nature would happen on this day in Knock. A side note to this, Joe Coleman is on LinkedIn. <laughs> I found him on LinkedIn. I don't know whether to connect with him or not, but uh, I just thought that was mad. That's so strange. Um, but apparently the Catholic Church, are uh, they don't associate them their, themselves with him. A bit maybe of an extremist as well, maybe. Or just, you know, he's not he's not a priest. So they don't like that. Cool. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, from 1.30 onwards, the sky had featured a various amount of cloud cover as well as bright blue spells. The wind was from the northwest. As 3pm approached, many were checking their watches. Tones of Ave Maria and other hymns rose at intervals from the congregation. Shortly after 3.14pm, Joe Coldman emerged carrying a small crucifix of Christ embedded with roses and came through the tightly packed crowd. Many people reached out to touch the cross. He proceeded a little to the south of the chapel and soon afterwards urged people to look at the sun. There were gasps of awe and joy as the sun burst through the clouds and the majority of those present believed they witnessed a heavenly scene. Manny found it relatively easy to look straight at the sun, which appeared to be shimmering and dancing in the sky. Prayers rose from the crowd, Hail Marys were recited with fever, and ripples of applause burst forth in unison, as obviously many people saw the same movements and motion of life uh, giving sun at the same time. Many people also spoke of the golden haze that descended on those on the, in the square. Standing beside some people in the parish of, of Knock, we witnessed something that had never been seen before. Whatever it was, and whatever the explanation, scientific or spiritual, it was spectacular and unforgettable. Tears rolled down the cheeks of Manny, people gasped in wonder at the display of the sun. Manny, a small number, claimed to have witnessed the host in the sun. Several said they saw rays associated with biblical vis visions. Um, emerging from the sun while a handful said they saw the Virgin Mary isn't she beautiful so beautiful said one young lady in a trance-like pose kneeling on the ground and fervently praying the rosary with two friends 
The sun dance lasted for seven minutes until 3.24pm. Several were clearly ecstatic and touched by something they'd never witnessed before. And there was an extraordinary sense of being present on a very special day in Knock. Wow. That's bizarre. Um, like, in one way, like, I mean, if you stare at the sun... Like, you're going to go a bit loopy, isn't it? Like, yeah, you're going to... I mean, I've stared at the sun. And it's... And because I remember this happening. So I went out a few days later and stared at the sun to see if I could make a do on it. And it did. It went blue and it bounced. <laughs> Maybe I was having an apparition. And also, that's like your eyes. You know what I mean? Yes, I know. That is my eyes. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it sounds like a beautiful moment. You know, these people gathered together for a common reason. And it's a nice event, you know. Yeah. Um, that kind so of statues. But apparently, the church said, um, "We don't know if the the church didn't uh, aren't a fan of it." Okay. Um, they said it was not healthy. Is it too pagan for them? I don't think that. I think it. it the idea was the knock apparition in eighteen seventy nine was neither sought nor expected by humble people who witnessed it. Right. So here were people being were gathered waiting for something. Waiting for something. They were told to look at the sun and whether, you know, so therefore when you looked at the sun, you were going to see something if there was even if there was nothing there because you're number one you had been told so your your framing of the event was it's in the sun. Two, your imagination and three, when you're with a crowd of people, your perception of things are altered to the narrative of the crowd. And it is very easy to get caught up in that kind of group hysteria or like yeah. in a mentality or, you know, we know that that's a thing, that kind of herd mentality. If everybody was like, look, it's a thing, you can like convince yourself or imagine that it's a thing. I just think it's mad how this is in, you know, 2009, which really shows there's still an appetite there. Yeah. Or you know this kind of phenomena to happen again and genuinely i'm genuinely telling you if there were statues moving around the country tomorrow people would lose their shit because we are bored out of our minds in lockdown we would absolutely go and see them we would start bloody i don't know it would just go mad i just know it would i mean we absolutely would but i mean i have reports that i found from 2019 of um a, a crying tears of blood statue in mexico there are still um when me and sarah talked about doing this episode first i didn't know about like crying statues or like i growing up with the russian family i would have known about um like icons which you know are those like very large you know usually gold painted images of usually of mary and jesus as well uh, or the virgin mary and it is very common for Russian families to kind of have one in the house. Um, that'd be the kind of image. You wouldn't have like a crucifix or something like that. You have icons. And sometimes yeah. you have icons of like, you know, your um, your favorite saint or the saint, you know. Um, you have someone, you know, with like the saint of who has your name, things like uh-huh. that. Um, so I knew this kind of imagery growing up. And it's very common uh, to have icons crying in russia and these cases i found there's a very famous one in uh, kazan which is um just called the mother of god church in um it's in central moscow 
and it's been like it's known for this like all russian people know oh there's a famous thing they call it like mirror streaming yeah um, so not like weeping it's mer streaming so they say this like liquid that's kind of like oil and myrrh, as in, like, myrrh that one of the three wise men brought baby Jesus when he was born. So, you know, it smells. It's this religious oil resin thing. And this church is literally known for having icons that stream this stuff. And it's been streaming it, like, actively since 2016. And it's still going. And, and it's just, yeah, it's a thing. There's multiple in Russia. There's multiple in... um also from these articles are from 2019 as well as recent as 2019 and this year there are multiple icons mirror streaming in ukraine in villages and in um in russia as well there's a church like a village church a tiny village church uh, in solidniki in the astrakhan province in russia they have 18 icons streaming stuff from their eyes in this one tiny village church <laughs> you know mental. like just mental stuff like that like still to this day like it's currently happening like i have seen videos sent to my like family whatsapp of like look at this there's like you know icons streaming and crying like people still are very um religious and this would be like russians would be more orthodox like russian orthodox is the most commonly practiced religion um, they wouldn't be Catholic, but um, yeah, like that's a that's an image I would have had my whole life as well. These like gold icons streaming tears, which is creepy to me. It's eerie. It is eerie. I would love to know if any of our listeners have any strange moving statues or crying statues um Anything? near you. Yeah. 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 Or like, does someone have something in their house? Oh, stop! If I had a statue in my house and it started crying. I put it I, outside. I know. Oh, I, I lie. I have a statue in my house. I have a child of Prague. Child of what is? It? Do you know um? You uh, have you heard of Child of Prague? No. They're like um. They're basically the baby Jesus, but he's wearing like fancy clothes, and he has like a, a, a hat on him. That's a terrible description of what a child of Prague is. Anyway, this, I can look it up now. I can see what it looks like. He has a little. He has a crown. He has a little red kind of. Uh, robe. something like what like a cardinal or pope would wear right the robe yeah. he looks yeah. like a little cardinal and um yeah child of pride you um their heads break after a while i don't quite know how or but they their heads break um know. and if their heads break i think that's good luck you're supposed to give it to someone when they get married and when you want good weather you put the child of prague outside oh and God. i have been to enough houses and seen childs of prague sitting under bushes I don't like that. It's so strange. I remember going to a house to call to when I was working and I saw a child of Prague sitting under a bush and I was just like, well, I know what house I'm going into here. So, you know. Yeah, yeah I'd give you a little like, bit of an idea of who's inside there. But yeah, it's so like, at least you'd know. Like, I wouldn't know. And I'd be kind of like, why is there a headless statue outside right now? Oh, it, it has a head. The head's just hanging off it like that. That's worse. I know, yeah, it's worse. Oh no! I'll show it to you, um, sometime. Ew, how, how, where is he? Is he at the front door? He's actually he's in he's in my nana's old room. He's uh he's there. Like I don't I've never put him. We've never put him outside. So yeah, uh, I definitely haven't seen him. And the amount of times I've been at Sarah's house, never seen the child. I must. <laughs> I'll experiment this year when the spring comes around. I'll put him outside. Put him on the bush. 
and see if he brings about good weather. I yeah, might maybe- give microclimate over the house. Honestly, yeah, and like maybe if everybody who's listening, if you have a child of Prague, maybe we should all do that. Um, put whoever them together. One, put them outside, and together we will manifest good weather. So that at least if we're in lockdown or in semi-lockdown, we'll have good weather. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, but there you go. On that note, I think that kind of brings our episode to an end. Yeah. So there you have it. I mean, it was a very like lighthearted one. I think it's interesting. It's eerie. It's a bit supernatural, but to do it religious lore and mythology and local folklore and local belief and all that. And it's not too sinister. I mean, as creepy as it would be, because there's some, I have found some that really like freak me out. Like, especially when they cry tears of blood and the blood like cakes and like dries on the face and then it'll crack off. Like, that's an image that will haunt you. Delightful. But please do follow us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Instagram is probably where we're most active. But you can email us, like, stories and questions or, like, family lore. Anything like that that you want to share at, like, pair... At, like... (laughs) It's just at pairofbanshees at gmail.com. Um, and you can also, uh, if you listen to us on iTunes and things like that, uh, please give us a little rating if you like us. Yeah, please do. Please tell everyone about it because at the end of the day, we'd love a TV show. So, uh, you please. know, yes, that left. <laughs> Imagine, we'd love it. Or, you know, if they gave us a look at a, a YouTube series or something like that, you know, it'd be pretty great. Yeah, yeah. RTE, please, um, if you're interested in young people interested in folklore way but we were saying this we were like do would anybody care if we started doing tiktoks and we do like 60 second folklore bits and like spooky bits or just i don't know like we just do stupid stuff on tiktok i don't know we can't do anything together currently unfortunately either does anyone watch like like our age demographic is uh, a little bit older than the tiktok rage so, so probably we won't have tiktok users no that's okay we we're totally fine with that i mean it's a it's a waste of space on my phone anyway you just scroll endlessly forever it's just another way to waste my time <laughs> i know but look we'll leave you with that and um as we draw the episode to a close i, I want to leave you with one sinister note that you might yes. take away from this so sinister prepare yourselves the most interesting part of the whole phenomena is that Mary statues don't just cry or float. There have been genuine reports of Mary statues driving around and this on Micra. So, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. Maybe, oh maybe, you will see a white-headed Mary driving a Nissan Micra around your estate or down a rural road. Mary's on the move. Mary's on the move. We've been a pair of banshees. 